Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome back, Monday Musings, episode 8 here to uh, bring you another awesome, wholesome discussion on one of the most important topics, mashallah. Today we have a guest speaker joining us, uh, Sister Zahira Lynn Eppert, mashallah. And I was just talking to her uh, when I was reading through her uh, bio, I was getting really excited. She's mashallah, a mother of six from Maryland. Uh, currently four of them living with her and she has been wearing a whole lot of different caps throughout her career, mashallah, graphic oh. designer, lobbyist, crisis intervention, writer, organic farmer, marriage counselor, but above all, she is a highly skilled educator. She's, she's a longtime homeschooler and mashallah with 30 plus years of experience and advocacy in the field of education. Currently, she's a director of religious education at Sound Vision and she managed and supervised the online learning programs such as Adam's World Club, and Colors of Islam, and her approach is to uh, motivate, uh, adopt hands-on learning, and um, they, they um, try to incorporate humor, you know, music, joke, like different, different uh, things to make their learning programs engaging and interactive for the children, mashallah, Allahumma barik. And Sister Zahira, can we, can we just hear a few words from you? I am really looking forward to this, uh, to this podcast, mashallah. I really want to pick your brain and really, it feels like, um, you know, just sit down with, with the, somebody who's got much more experience, you know, sipping my tea and get to know you better, inshallah. Well, thank you, um, Sister Rhoda and Sister Irm for having me. I feel the same way. I mean, this is the way that Muslim women um, and families actually help and support one another by sharing what works, you know, by supporting and um, sharing resources. And so I'm really excited to, to get an opportunity to speak with you and to also share some great resources um, and ways of thinking about parenting with your audience. It's an honor uh, to have you, alhamdulillah. Let's start with our questions, shall we? Yes, it. yes, mashallah. So we we have uh, two parts to today's questions, as usual, inshallah. Number one is understanding children's physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. How can we as parents integrate Islam as a way of uh, life from a young age? So really, how to nurture the love of Allah and build confidence as um, as a Muslim, right? And mashallah, as a homeschooling mom and as as an educator, you know, as an activist in the community, I'm sure you have a lot to say on, on this topic, subhanAllah. Can you share your, um, you know, from your experience, your reflections and thoughts on how can we nurture the love of Allah and make uh, our children confident as Muslims, you know, children who don't want to compromise their uh, Muslim identity in today's world and age? This is just a huge question. Um, and it's probably the essential question that parents need to ask and try to find answers to. I'm a convert to Islam. And so um, one of the things that's important um, 
and was important in my own learning was to very first and foremost get to know Allah. And uh, the concept of Allah is very challenging for children because they can't see it. And so um, the, it's incumbent upon the parent to teach about Allah in a very practical manner. And the way you do that, in my opinion, particularly for young children, is by talking about Allah's creation because they can see that, they can feel that, they can hear that. And so first and foremost, the parent has to understand, and, and I can't emphasize this more. I was a principal of a very large Islamic um, weekend school program in the um, DC area. And every time I talked about this, I reiterated it over and over again. Um, parents are the child's first teacher. Parents are the child's first teacher. Again, parents are the child's first teacher. You cannot overemphasize that. And children pick up what you say, but they also pick up what you do. And so if you are trying to integrate a love of Allah in the hearts of your children, you've got to be there yourself. How many times when we think about Islamic education, or even as an adult, when we get when we get our own opportunities to learn more and to increase our knowledge and understanding, how much um, do we often hear of Allah is with fire and brimstone? You know, as Allah as the one who will punish. You know, and it, of course there are qualities and attributes of Allah that are that. But if you are working on um, developing a child's knowledge and understanding of Allah by heading in that direction first, by scolding them and saying Allah will punish you for that, then you're missing the opportunity to teach about Allah as the most merciful, the most compassionate, the protector, the one who guides. Um, and we really have to do that with children. Um, and I think you can easily do that by talking about the creation of Allah, because they can see and feel that. I wrote down a couple of facts for you. Here's just, a, here's just an example. And your next question talks about teachable moments. So I'm going to talk about some teachable moments right now. Let's just look at, I'll give you five facts. A heart beach beats 100,000 times a day. We don't consciously think about that. None of us, all three of us, our hearts are beating, alhamdulillah. But are we telling our heart to beat? No, we don't tell our heart to beat. What do we know about the human heart? We know that Allah tells us that there is one organ in the body that if it is right, everything flows from that. And that's the human heart. Let's talk about fish. It's estimated that there are 3.5 trillion fish in the sea. That's our best scientific guess. You know how many of them we know about? 5%. 5%. Who knows about the rest? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of all things. Right? Um, let's talk about ants. There's a surah um, named for the ants. There's a million billion ants in the world. A million billion. And we know that Allah will tell us, 
He knows the movement of the ant under the darkest rock in the darkness of the night. There are about 12,000 species of ants. Hanala. I mean, look at some of these numbers we can't even fathom. Let's talk about bees for a minute. They pollinate about a third of all the food that humans eat. We could plant every seed we want. We could nurture it with the best soil, the best water, provide sunlight. But if the flower wasn't pollinated, the fruit wouldn't grow. We wouldn't be able to eat it and benefit from it. Let's talk about the um, anatomy of the ant. We know that the ant uses its wings for flight, but also to fan the production of honey inside the hive. An ant's wings beat 11,400 times a minute. The honey it produces is the only food substance on earth that never rots or disintegrates, ever. So we can use, these are things children can see and feel and touch and learn about. And so when you think about the awesome nature of the creation, you can talk about the awesome nature of the creator. Mm -hmm. And that's essential to start with, with children. If they get that, then you can talk about guidance and they'll be happy to hear about it. They'll be happy to trust it. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I think there's so much more. Do you have any more questions that can guide any more that I that I would want to talk about. We here here's one thing that we should definitely focus some attention on. Your question identifies and acknowledges that there are multiple parts of a child. There's the mm -hmm. physical needs, there's the emotional needs, and there's the spiritual needs. And they're all integrated. You know, in the course of any day we deal as parents with every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. And the best we can possibly do is keep our eyes open and our ears listening because they're communicating to us in the best possible way they can. That doesn't mean well. It might mean we have to intuit. We do it with babies. They can't speak to us. So we intuit, we watch, we listen, we learn. But sometimes we forget we need to do the exact same thing as children get older because they're not always able to articulate. We want them to. We need them to even. But sometimes they don't have the skills to communicate what their needs and desires and even their questions are. We have to make sure that we're creating an environment which is ripe for communication, where there is two-way communication. We're not only teaching, you know, ourselves, we're listening and learning about them and, and with them. Absolutely. Um, uh, I would like to ask something here that, that jumped to me. Sister Zaria, you said that your background comes from, you know, converting to Islam. You came to Islam after, you know, a certain number of years of knowing something else. And then you worked in the biggest um, network of Muslim um, 
uh, weaken schools. Mm-hmm. And I and when we've talked separately, you did bring this up, and I want I, I want to, the audience to hear this from you. The difference that you saw, because you saw majority of the Muslims who come from Muslim countries who are immigrants and who are raising a first generation mm-hmm. of Muslims. Because uh, as a Muslim, I, I'm, I am an immigrant and now I'm raising the first generation. So majority, majorly what I have seen is that our masajid here in the West are filled with um, children of um, first generation Muslims. Sometimes a second generation comes to the mosque, but um, and what is the difference between the two? And what is the difference between the ones who are bringing their cultural Islam to the masjid and the ones who are learning Islam here for the first time? Because I was a very cultural Muslim and I learned Islam here, like in the United States. This, this was the place where I actually became a Muslim, like in true sense of learning Quran and learning the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I, and now that I advocate it, Again, to my culture, Muslim friends, I hear so much of backlash because it's like just very recently over the weekend, subhanAllah, and it is so in tune that I got the love of Allah and she was talking about the fear of Allah and she kept emphasizing, yes, love is good, but there should be fear. Love is good, but there should be fear. And at that moment, I wasn't even realizing what she's saying. But after, way after the conversation had ended, I was like, she was talking about control and I was talking about giving back control to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we were on separate pages. How could I just kept telling her, yes, yes, you are right. <laughs> I just felt so, like, I don't know. I felt silly by not picking it up at that point. So, so one of the things when we talk about um, homeschooling to different people and we, we try to support that is we recognize that you have a notion of what education is in your head. And that comes from the way you were educated yourself. Right. So we already as homeschoolers, we know that and we have to start from that place and we have to debunk everything you learn that might be incorrect about learning, because learning is a very organic process. You know, they say a child learns from one to six more in that time period than they will in their entire lives. Because they are learning about their physical, emotional, and spiritual self, every single aspect of it. When you mix culture and Islam, you are reverting back to um, the old ways of teaching. It's interesting. It's not really an old way. Because if we go back to the methodology of the Prophet, there was none of this in it. Mm -hmm. It was completely devoid of cultural Islam because it was authentic, you know, it was unadulterated. And so the the murabi, the concept of murabi, which is a teacher in Islam, is about teaching to the whole self, the whole child. That's a recognition of every aspect of, of need, physical, emotional, spiritual. But first and foremost, you don't get to any opportunity to teach until you cultivate a care and consideration and concern for your student. They have to feel that. That's what I hope that I'm bringing to the online platform in the classes that we're working on. And we're seeing the fruits of that labor. You know, kids excited to join classes, enthusiastic about learning, actually retaining the information in a very organic way. They're not having tests. 
they're not no. writing things down. They're learning about things in a way that is interesting and relevant. And, and I think that, again, we go back to the parent as teacher. If you yourself are not grounded in an appreciation for the whole aspect of Allah, right? His mercy, his compassion, you know, the way that he pulls and guides us, you know, the fact that the guidance is always in front of us, if we see it, if we are not distracted, then you have a hard time making that transition yourself because you've been used to Islam being beat into people, right? Yep. Um, and we're, we're backs and figures and, you know, um, and harshness. Well, that is, there's nothing about that. That's an Islamic manner of teaching. And certainly the, the, the data that, that you're, the information you're trying to impart is not like that either. Even mm-hmm. though there's a healthy balance of hope and fear, right? Love and, yep. and, and fear. So. Yes. Pamela. It, it really reminds me, um, you know, when I when I first moved to Riyadh, I started uh, attending Islamic courses at, uh, you know, at a center, uh, Dawah center, and uh, this concept, subhanAllah, you know, our scholars have written volumes of books about the hope and fear of Allah. It's so deep within Islam, and often they give the analogy of a dove, right? A dove and uh, so how to keep the the balance between hope and fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so one wink is a hope and one wink is the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but what leads is the head right this is what I remember mm-hmm. from my teacher yeah. and the yeah. head and guess what the head is it is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the drive. It is what gives you the drive. It's what gives you the direction and, and the role. So you are right. Absolutely. We should feel the hearts of uh, our own hearts. Because, uh, you know, just yesterday I was reading the hadith that the Prophet wasallam said, you know, surely um, that if you, if one of you wants to taste the sweetness of iman, then you know you should do one. You should have one of these three, like go, hating, uh, going back to ignorance, uh, as if you know you're being thrown into the fire, and loving Allah and His Messenger more than anything. Loving mm-hmm. Allah and His Messenger more than anything, and in order to love someone. We need to get to know that person, right? In order to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And we, we need to know who he is, what he did, his names, his attributes. And when it comes to, you know, because you mentioned these facts and figures and things, and um, how, how can we then nurture the love of Allah? It is very much emotional exercise. It is, yeah. it is an emotional exercise and not a physical one. Again, once once we attended a, a talk by Sheikh Salman al-Oda, and this is another thing that I remember that when, when somebody asked, you know, oh, my children don't pray Salah, you know, how can I get them to uh, pray on time? How can I make sure that they come without being nagging, nagged or pestered, you know, reminded? And his answer was one sentence one sentence he said have them love you they should love you right subhanallah and it shows us that the tarbiyah 
is built upon a relationship. Yes. It's built upon a relationship. And what you mentioned about, you know, memorizing uh, statistics and numbers and, you know, memorizing surah and hadith and learning the fiqh of salah, you know, what is ruku, all of these things, these, these are um, like ta'lim, right? We, this, this is the knowledge. Yes. But in order to apply it, we need emotion. With that love, yes. in order to apply that knowledge, we need, we need that emotional, you know, emotional sustenance, subhanAllah. It's really, really important that we have that as parents, right? That strong, loving relationship with our children so that we can build the love of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. We, we need to have that relationship. So there are two things from what you were just saying that I, I, I want to um, make mention of here the names of Allah, the, the beautiful attributes of Allah, we can use those and teach our children about Allah through them. In working to teach our children, we learn at the same time. The, the children that we have are an amazing blessing, an incredible imana. The amount of reward that comes from our attention to detail here, we can't even conceive of. Um, but how many of us see them as that, right? See them as our, our life's mission. We see them instead as a burden, you know, something that's getting in the way of what we wanna do with our own time. And, and, and I'm not trivializing how hard a job it is. It is a hard job. It is a 24 seven job that is unrelenting. You don't know what you might face in any given day. What question, what challenge, what injury, right? What illness? I mean, and, and you, love, you love your children. So you are emotionally invested in their success too. So um, it's a huge, huge challenge. But, but let us again, hearken back to the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad He taught us why was he put think about it why was he put here as the best possible example of a living quran why so that we had the detail we need to be to learn and be reminded right maybe some of these lessons are not new to any of us but our lives are busy and in the busyness we forget about prioritizing you know, and when you take classes, Iroda, or I take classes, or we read, or we listen to a lecture, or we share with one another, those reminders are, are gold, you know, gold to try to help us reprioritize, you know, um, get what we need if we don't have what we need, you know, but also reach back, reach down to the foundation you know, that we are, of the guidance that we have in front of us. And Aram, you mentioned um, a question about perhaps people taking advantage or for granted the guidance, right? As a convert, I, I had to change my life dramatically. Yeah. I made a conscious choice, um, dramatically changed my life. My family members, men, most of them are not Muslims. Um, there are challenges I face every day as a result of that. 
So my conscious choice of practicing, you know, is um, something that doesn't allow me to take this guidance for granted. But we might, all of us are human, we might take for granted many of the blessings of Allah. My reading um, of Quran this morning after Fajr was Surah Rahman, which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? We deny all the time. We could never even list the favors. Yes. We could never. We could spend our lifetimes and never be able to. So how do we teach um, children about Allah as, a, as the most merciful, the compassionate, the most loving? We talk about our blessings, right? Yes, yeah. And, yeah. and many times um, in our, the societies that we live in, we, we live in the West, Irma and I live in the West, um, the consumer culture, the, the you know, me, the uh, me first suggestion, the, the idea of independence that our children are nurtured to mm -hmm. strive for, mm -hmm. you know, those, mm -hmm. are not, those are not connected Yep. Um, to these teachings. Yep. And so we have to understand the challenges around us, the understand the challenges within us, mm -hmm. understand the challenges that they face, you know, in the various developmental stages they're going to go through. You know, that, that's why it's a 24-7 job. And that's why we get a huge reward, huge reward you know, for the efforts we put into it. Uh, should should we go to the next question, the lockdown one? Yeah, it's very, you, you, it was hard, like Sister Zahira said, yeah, it was hard before, but bring on COVID-19, subhanAllah, it added extra layer of burden into everyone's plate, right, subhanAllah, I've heard from so many women that in, in this climate of lockdown, when they have to, you know, police their children's online activity 24-7, now everything is happening online, you know, online schooling, online learning, and they had to shift even madrasas, you know, Islamic learning to online mode, right, so everything is taking place in the internet, and so parents are stressed out because they don't know how to, most parents, for example, you know, my, my children are far advanced in their technical skills than, than myself, right? Mm -hmm. They know, like, I, I know how to go see their browsing history. So I scare them, you know, I can just do your work, right? I can come and check, but that's about it, subhanAllah. Um, so how can, like, there are challenges, there are more challenges parenting post-COVID, definitely, with schools shifting online, every learning mode shifting online, uh, you know, distance learning, then you, you have to be more involved with their academic learning now, because then they'll have to complete their work. And then a lot of us, you know, taking pictures and sending and submitting assignments online. Um, what are what advice do you give to stressed out parents? How can they manage this, you know, um, distance learning more peacefully? So I think um, that we have to have a paradigm shift in the way we think about it. Very first, very first. There are some practical tips, but this is the very first thing. 
we have to trust that everything that comes from Allah has purpose and opportunity. And so think about what the pandemic has offered rather than think about what the, the pandemic has taken away. One, it offered us more time with our family. How many of us have said, if I only had more time in a day, right? If my kids were only, only home, you know, um, how many of us have said that? Guess what? Guess what we got? We got time, right? We, we did it. not appreciate it, Sister right. Zahira. Right. I mean, I've not heard the parents appreciate that time. I mean, as much as they should have, because Sister Rolo is absolutely right. Day in and day out, what I'm listening and what I'm hearing is, which is true too. I mean, if I see my own children, I'm not going to deny the fact that policing them, this is the right word because there they have three windows open, four windows open, and the chances of the fifth window is the most dangerous window that I cannot monitor is open and the parents are facing that. But yes, you're absolutely right. We Now we are so um, scared of, uh, of, 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 the, of the internet and what our children are watching and hiding behind closed doors in the name of studying that this whole idea of sugar has just gone out of the window. So um, these things have always been available <clears throat> and, and they just many times were out of our sight, right? You, if you acknowledge that kids can run circles around us technologically, then you know that it was always there. We're just yes. getting a different perspective. Yeah. Related to, to teaching and policing, Again, you have to think about what it was that you gave to someone else to do, right? <clears throat> Most parents are having trouble here because they want somebody else to be teaching. They want somebody else to be totally responsible for the aspect of their children. Yeah. Guess what? You didn't have that to give away. Yes. Right? You are your child's first teacher right? And so if you think it's hard for you, again, we have to spin this a couple of different ways. If you think this is hard for you, how do you think it, what do you think it's like for your child, right? They're no longer socially, you know, um, interacting with their friends or someone outside of your home. Sometimes the people outside of their homes are more caring than the people inside of their homes, right? And so do you, do you know one of the aspects of resilience, any kind of study in, in resilience suggests that a child who has a connection with an adult outside of their family, a positive nurturing connection is more likely to be able to see themselves through a challenging moment. Yeah. Who do you think those people were? They were teachers. teachers. They were friends. They were, in, in some instances, counselors right. who the children had access to, even without your permission. Mm -hmm. Right. And so think of it, you've got to twist it around <clears throat> and use a quality that the Prophet put first and foremost into any interaction he had with anyone, which is empathy. A parent should be empathizing with their children's situation. 
if you can see that, you can steer yourself clear of a burden of distance learning and think about it as an opportunity to maybe engage differently with the subjects that they're learning about. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be important for you to know how a teacher or a textbook or a lesson that's planned is organized, what the value system under it is. You've got a window into the way people have been teaching your children, which may help you understand better why they're no longer connected with your value system. And so we have to spin this around a different way. In order to appreciate, we, we have to trust. I mean, know at the bottom of our hearts that Allah wouldn't bring us anything greater than we could bear or that didn't have an opportunity to get closer to him in it. And this is it. We wouldn't craft it for ourselves. Heck no. Yeah. But I just think sorry. about it. Think about yeah. it. The, the, the only one thing that comes to my mind and when what I see is, and I, I think Sister Erolda sees it as well as, because this is our, <laughs> this is this is what we do right now. The, the, the messengers that we are is gain confidence in yourself for for a century now. Let's, let's just go back for a for hundred years now because of the traditional schooling systems like Place your children into same similar classes so that they will have the same similar mindsets. What has happened has the parents have forgotten to be the teacher, which you say, uh, be your own child's teacher, mentor, coach, right? And I think what we're, we, all three of us are trying to do here is telling the mothers and the fathers that you have everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, knew before giving you a child, that you have everything for your child. Just learn to use those methodologies, learn to change, learn to learn, learn to adopt, learn to become better in, in, in your teaching methodologies. Empathy, teaching, learning, all these three goes together. Parents don't have confidence. They think that they, they are not um, um, educated enough or talented enough, or I don't know, what is the term? To, to teach their child. It's, it's, it is as and, if like, subhanAllah, they're, they're like, it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do with this? That's, that's the whole anxiety there. Okay, so here's, here's what we have to do. When we don't have what we need, we get it. Well, think about when you're ill, right? You, you, don't, you may turn to the internet to see what kind of symptoms you have and try to figure something out. But if you're really sick, you're not going to figure that out. You're going to go to a doctor, right? You're going to, you're going to get more information to support your own um, return to good health. So we have, to we have to create resources here for parents to help, help remind them, to help give them new skills, to help identify resources. And it's a challenging time. I'm not trying to under underplay that. It's a very challenging time. But this is the time that Allah put us in. These are the places that Allah put us in. This is These are the homes that Allah put us in. These are the children that Allah blessed us with, right? And so we don't have to pretend we know everything. In fact, the best we can possibly do is admit that we don't. And then if if we admit that we don't, we can get what we need.
So parent, I think what happens is if you are relying on a school system to teach your child, and this happens in the Islamic schools also, then if something doesn't go right, you're blaming somebody else, right? You're not even turning that lens on yourself. No. And that's easy. That's what's easy. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not effective mm -hmm. because we are the ones that should have a relationship with our children. Now, you can be in a predicament where all of a sudden you're getting this revelation, right? Of the importance of your of your connection to your child, of the role modeling you do, of the need to be more integrated into their lives, yourself. What do you do with that if you haven't done that already? If you didn't start from a very early age to do that, it's not too late. You know, and again, let's hearken back on what we know about Allah. Till the day we die, we have an opportunity to get it right. These will be our children forever. We don't stop being their parents, right? And admitting that we don't know or made a mistake is a tremendous teachable moment, right? And that allows us to be real in their eyes. They know they make mistakes, right? They know that they sometimes get it wrong. They know that they don't have all the information. They seek it, right? They will look for it. If you're not going to give it to them, if you're not going to be a resource for them, they're going to find it from their friends, from the internet, from, from people that are way, way different in value systems than you. But you can start working on that at any minute. You're not going to beat it into them, right? You're not going to make it happen overnight. But, um, you know, there are tons of folks that have done a lot of study in these areas that can help us along. It can help us look at something differently. And looking at something differently might be the very first thing you do before you try to, you know, um, move upon it in a different manner. So I, 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 one, one person said to me about 2020, I don't even remember when it was. We think of 2020 vision as perfect vision, right? Think there's any coincidence that it was 2020 that the pandemic came? That's kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting. So alhamdulillah. Yes, mashallah, mashallah. What I hear, what I hear the most from this is we all need a paradigm shift, right? And here I'm going back to you know your um, reflection of parenting parents not feeling confident these days and i think it's the society that puts so much pressure onto parents right um, and we we sometimes we give into that that pressure of like being a good parent i remember when i had my first child you know in in the uk and there's a wealth of information about how to potty train you know what's the good age to wean and uh, give like organic food and um oh you know like start with these books and start from like you know two months and there's so much information we're living in the age of information overload which leaves us more confused and bewildered more than ever this is all good because we have access to resources and information that our parents didn't have right 
the, 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 the information that was not available, information about neuroscience, information about, you know, emotional and spiritual development of children and their psychological needs. These these were not available to previous generation of parents as much as we have access nowadays. But rather than giving us tools, they leave us more confused and bewildered. And there's also the pressure of um, social media and especially for women, especially for women. Now, a lot of uh, mothers of our age, I know um, Sister Zahira said she's not very active on social media, right? Allah. And um, this is due, due to your age and also, you know, intentionally you may choose though, but a lot of parents of our age, you know, mid, mid 30s and 40s, mid 40s, they are on social media and they are very active on social media where everybody projects the highlights of their life. And often women love talking about their children, right? So everybody's like, oh, my child is smashing online maths today. And you know, uh, sometimes you may get this glimpse of um, someone else's children, you know, achieving X, Y, and Z which then you interpret being uh, incompetent in your own motherhood department. No, do not compare yourself to anybody on social media. Your parenting is your journey alone. You know, you, the, the motherhood is not a race, right? It's not a race. Just focus on, on your own journey and stay in your own lane. And like Sister Zahira said, you know, paradigm shift. This lockdown really is a blessing in disguise. It really is, subhanAllah, you know. It brought us, yes, we, we are on each other's face 24-7, but it really brought us more closer together. You know, it's it. Right? You know, I was even reading a joke. In uh, the husband said, "Oh, I noticed first time in twenty years, my wife has a, a birthmark on her chin." Right? Sometimes we don't have time to stop and pause and look at each other in the eye. Honestly, the life has been so uh, hustle. You know, like in and out of the car, in and out of the house, do this, do that, drop them at the school, pick them up from school, bring them home, feed them, take them to their after school madrasa, take them to their football club or basketball or this, that. All the time you like, like a robot, right? Rat race, subhanAllah. And everything has been on a standstill, right? And really, if you look at it, yes, we are isolated. We are at home and sometimes we don't know where to run to because you can't even go to your mum's house at the moment. You may get thousand thousand pounds fine, yeah? But it really, if you have that paradigm shift, I am where I am supposed to be. I am exactly where Allah wants me to be right now. Allah has blessed me with these children and I'm exactly with the right set of children that I was supposed to have. And all of us really, if we have that paradigm shift, that's when we stop living in our fantasy world in somewhere in our mind, right? Step out of that fantasy stories in your mind and be present. This is the tawakkal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We mm -hmm. are where we are meant to be with our children. And the only thing that 
guides us and give us that drive and motivation, inspiration to move forward, take action is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because everything at the end should take back to that love of subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do mm. something out of the love of subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? The, even the children or for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we want them to raise in Islam. We want them to, to be strong and confident Muslims. We want them to follow the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And um, yes, the times are difficult, but if we can have that love of Allah in our own heart, and if we can do things daily to strengthen our own iman, our own sense of tawakkul, then inshallah we can um, we can be that present. We can show up in that present moment, whatever the situation may be. Inshallah. Do I have a minute to talk um, a little bit about peer pressure? Because um, peer pressure is something we understand when we think of our children. We don't think of peer pressure when we think of ourselves. And you mentioned the challenge of social media. What social media does, and, and it, I mean, there can be good ways of keeping people connected, but what it also does is creates incredible comparisons between you know, individuals. And that is peer pressure at its highest form. And so um, when, and, and in our Islamic guidance, what we're counseled to do is to, in order to appreciate and be grateful for the blessings that we have, is we are counseled to look at people who have less than us as a reminder. But in social media, what is actually happening is the opposite. Whether or not people are telling you the truth, you are comparing yourself and your children to people who have more than you, not less. And it is, again, a paradigm shift we have to take in order to get back to the basic, basic, basic guidance that we have. You know, um, and, and we know if you look in any psychological or sociological study that people have incredible differences amongst them in skills and, and chemistry, in environmental resources. And so expecting that everyone is the same or can be the same is the first you know, fantasy. Um, it, it doesn't work that way. And again, Allah provides exactly what we need to have a challenge and a test in our life, in our entire life. What are we going to do with our blessings that keeps us close to Allah, that keeps us on the straight path, that helps us share the beauty of this religion to, with others, right? And you, can, you, can't, you can't live that in a social media realm, right? Because that, that requires reflection and, and a level of attention right? Some part of the social media is distracting us to get that, really get that. Your phone will even tell you how many hours a day you're on it. I mean, look at those numbers. Unless you're working on the computer, and many people are working on the computer. Unless you're working on the number, if those are hours of the day that you're on a computer, 
you know, or, or smartphone. And it's not involved in learning, but it's involved in this, you know, busyness, a busyness that distracts us, a busyness that makes us irritated when our children ask us a question rather than be thankful that they're coming to us for anything. You know, um, again, we have to look at all of these things as challenges of our day, not inconsequential, inconsequential challenges. Think about it. Always humans are challenged. In the time of the Prophet people were getting killed and tortured for practicing Islam. Are we going to suggest we have a harder time now? How could we? Come on. Social media, turn your phone off. It's that simple. You're in control of that. Turn the phone off. That, that's for me and Iram. Yes. <laughs> that's a direct message. For me and you, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, uh, no, I mean, like, sisters are here. She, she pointed out some people are working. We're working too. Yeah, yes, yes, you are working. Humbly. Yes. And that work is important. That work is very important. Yes, yes, mashallah. Jazakumullah khair for this awesome uh, discussion, ladies, uh, full of beautiful reminders. Iram, do, do you want to say any final words? Uh, yes, I would just uh, say Jazakallah khair. Um, this was really good. On a Sunday morning here in the United States of the America <laughs> at 8 a.m. in the morning, uh, it was a man boosting listening to you. Um, Alhamdulillah. You brought us back to the idea of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sister Rola brought us back to the idea of having the balance of fear and hope. You brought us back to to take charge in your own hands. Parenting starts with you. Like like t- teaching your children starts with the parent itself. Um, there was mercy in your talk. There was understanding. There was empathy. There was knowledge. There was shifting your mindset. There was um, uh, being more grateful. It was y- Your message was be vulnerable it is okay to be so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us however then do something about it you are in control and the last part was in deen we are taught and this is true to look at the people who are less blessed or who have less than us so that we can be, have more shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So zikr and shukr, these two things are, are the highlights of, of something that I took from this conversation. And alhamdulillah, like I said, it's iman boosting and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Alhamdulillah, it's a pleasure to be in your presence. Um, I think that we have much to learn from one another. And just, I guess as a final reminder to parents, I would say, if you're not feeling confident now, think back to your infant child, right? Your infant child learned to talk, to walk, to use the bathroom in a very organic manner. You helped them, you watched them, you got them what they needed, right? And they watched you. And so just a reminder, go back to your own life and find the confidence. Maybe you were, all of us, first time children, unsettled parents, right? But we got it. We kept getting it. We kept finding what we needed. And much of that learning took place through hardship. It wasn't easy. Sleepless nights. You know, um, we can, you can do it. You can do it by, you know, taking charge again, inshallah. And trusting that Allah will help. You know, 
ما شاء الله ما شاء الله جزاكم الله خير once again for coming on board it was lovely listening to you honestly um, I, I started feeling much better yeah I wasn't feeling well today after a weekend trip to Medina but alhamdulillah it was really heartfelt conversation jazakum Allah khair as you have gathered probably sister zahira is not active on social media however you can reach out to her uh, at zahira at soundvision.com she's the director of religious education at soundvision and overseeing and managing the islamic children's learning programs online programs so if you want to collaborate or just reach out to her you can contact her by email and um, this podcast was sponsored by Liz, raising young scholars you can follow on facebook and instagram at raising young scholars and for um, a sparkling of inspiring ideas more articles about parenting or islamic homeschooling or if you want to check out some online courses you can also visit the website www.raising-scholars.com and our lovely co-host iram bin safia also offers coaching services she is a parent coach as well as a youth coach coach very active on social media and i'm sure you enjoy her lives she does amazing talks in urdu as well as english give her a follow on facebook and uh, instagram at iram bin safia and visit her website parentinguncomplicated.com mashallah if you have any more questions that you would like us to bring into spotlight in our next episodes please get in touch uh, you can do so by sending us your questions at info at raising-scholars.com inshallah assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh